welcome to another episode of the Burt Books Podcast. I am here with Michael. You are still Michael, aren't you? Yes, I am. Hello. Wonderful. Uh, what, how are you? What's been going on? Uh, I'm alright, thank you. I'm very tired. It's been... Uh, the weather has changed, and with it, a general sense of autumn has arrived. The weather has changed every ten minutes for the last two days. That's so. also true, yes. Yes. But a lot more of it is rain. Yes, we've had a lot of torrential downpour, but yeah. also on my little walk over to you, I was like, oh, it's nice and sunny, it's quite warm. Yeah. Maybe I should have put some sun cream on. <laughs> you have had a haircut. I have had a haircut, that's the news in my life. You're looking much, much sharper. Thank you. The word, I guess. Yes. yes. Um, have you been reading any books? I've read one okay. and a half. Well, I'll do start. you the one. We'll, we'll go with the one. Yes, you? I, well, I have. I'm still catching up. Oh, books yes. that I've been yes. reading. So we've got a couple from earlier in the month. Uh, so I will be talking about those. Uh, as as uh, I've got two and you've got one, shall I go first? Yes, go on. That's brilliant. Good. Let's let's do it on the other side of this music. So last week I told you about Mercury Pictures Presents. You did, yes. And I told you about Maror. Yeah. They're both quite big books. Mm-hmm. Both quite dry. Mercury Pictures Presents not as dry. There was a level of uh, humour to it, but it was still quite uh, a long read. They were worthy subjects. Worthy subjects, yes. That's a very good way of putting it. So I needed a little bit of a palate cleanser. Something that I knew I could read quite quickly. Mm-hmm. That I would enjoy. So I went to my little bookshelf in the shop of proofs to see what I had, and I picked up The Bullet That Missed, which is the third Richard Osman book. You're showing off that you've read something early again, isn't it? I am, yes. Yes. Uh, Now, I want to also talk to you about, before we talk about the book, let's talk about the proof. Yeah, it's a very pretty proof. So it's a hardback proof, which is not often that happens. No. And it's uh, it's done in the style of the Penguin classics. Yeah, proper Penguin. It's got the sort of green um, top bit. Green being um, crime as well. And then the beige sort of in the middle. Yes. And then at the bottom, instead of the penguin, they've got the little fox that is always on the front of his book. Very nice. So it's it's a really nice proof. It's also inside. Is this showing off to say that this is 173 of just 300? That's just showing off. Is now. it showing off, or is it the fact that the publisher has numbered all of these to send out to people they do not trust, so they know <laughs> they know who has given it out? Should uh, should this ever end up somewhere it shouldn't? So if you see um, edition 173 on eBay, you know who to blame. <laughs> it's Michael. He's stolen it. Yes. Uh, so shall I talk to you about the the, the specific? content of this book. Yes, do. So this is the third in the series. Yes, the Thursday Murder Club series. For anyone who hasn't come across Richard Osman, which may seem a bit of an impossibility, but occasionally we get people in the shop who go, oh, the fellow off Pointless has written a book. Yeah, how you've missed it, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, But here, here is the blurb. It is an ordinary Thursday, and things should finally be returning to normal. Except trouble is never far away where the Thursday Murder Club is concerned. A decade-old cold case leads them to a local news legend and a murder with no body and no answers. Then, a new foe pays Elizabeth a visit. Her mission? Kill or be killed. As the cold case turns white-hot, Elizabeth wrestles with her conscience and a gun, while Joyce, Ron and Ibrahim chase down clues with help from old friends and new. 
but can the gang solve the mystery and save Elizabeth before the murderer strikes again? Oh, hello. So that blurb actually is a little bit confusing, I think. Uh, yeah. So that middle section where it says, then a new foe play- pays Elizabeth a visit, her mission, kill or be killed. They've missed out a bit. So this new foe basically blackmails Elizabeth into killing somebody. Oh, Christ. Yes. So Okay. Uh, and threatens to kill Elizabeth. Wow, okay. So it's if, a bit darker than the last one. Yes. When Elizabeth... Well, it's a bit darker. Elizabeth just laughs it off and goes, yeah, all right. Yeah. Kill me if you like. Okay. Um, not worried, mate. No. Uh, and then they say, well, okay, in that case, I'll kill Joyce. Oh, so right. So then that's when Elizabeth starts to take it seriously. Okay. Uh, speaking of Joyce, it took the, their, their cold case in this instance is to do with the disappearance of a young, up-and-coming journalist, died many years. Well, the, the car was found. Okay. It pulled out of the sea after okay. going off over a cliff. The body was never found. And the reason Joyce has decided that this is the case they should look into is because she would quite like to meet uh, a certain newsreader. Lovely. <laughs> who she maybe, maybe <laughs> fancies a little bit. So uh, there's that sort of comic side of it, mm. is where, whereas they meet him and then, and, then Elizabeth, and then Joyce decides that maybe they need to go and talk to this journalist who's become a very successful quiz show host. And right, because, okay. Because maybe she knows something about it yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So she's just... Um, going around picking out all the people she'd like to She's meet. She's hobnobbing with the celebrities at yeah, this point, yes. Um, so that, that's quite funny. Uh, I think anyone who has read the previous books yep. and enjoyed the previous books yep. will like this very much. It's, it's essentially more of the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I talked on the podcast before about uh, the book, no, the second one, which was The Man Who Died Twice. Yes, I've not read that one. You haven't? I've done the first one, but not the second one. Um, so I'm going to be very careful about what I say, so as That's not right. to give any spoilers. But with that one, I only had a little issue, and that was that there were a couple of things that I found out, or I, I worked out before Elizabeth did. Yeah. And it's a bit like Dr. Watson and Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. You should be able to work things out before Watson does. You shouldn't be able to before Sherlock yes, does. Yes, correct. Uh, so uh, there, there always comes a point in those stories where Sherlock's like, ah, I know what's happening. And Watson doesn't. You yeah. don't. And then before Sherlock reveals it, if you're good at it, you've worked it out. Yes. There were a couple of things in The Man Who Died Twice where I worked it out before Elizabeth did. Which okay. was not... It, it felt slightly... Mm, I don't think this has been quite written at the right pace like okay the, the right things haven't been I, I just shouldn't be able to okay so it's a bit easier as it were it was I mean I didn't figure it all out I'll be honest but yeah. there were a couple of things that I didn't so that was the that was the man who died twice I still enjoyed it and you know enough to read to read this one yeah my criticism of this one and, and it's the only criticism I have okay is that there are an awful lot of characters. Ah, uh, right. Uh, and, and are they distinctive enough? Or? They're, they're all quite distinctive. Yeah. But when I say there's an awful lot of characters, there's an awful lot of viewpoint characters. Oh, okay. So, right, constantly jumping around. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I actually came back into the shop and I checked the Thursday Murder Club just to see how many viewpoint characters yeah. there were in that, to see if um, how much 
it changed and evolved. And actually, there's quite a lot in that one as well. Yeah. So uh, for people who are unaware or haven't read the books for a while or what have you, the four main characters are Elizabeth, Joyce, Ron and Ibrahim. They are yeah. the Thursday Murder Club. Yes. Then there are a couple of policemen who, um, or police officers rather, sorry, one yep. of them, uh, Chris and Donna, they are around and you get stuff from their point of view. There's the local handyman at the Cooper's Chase, the retirement village, okay. called Bogdan. You get stuff from his point of view. Right. Uh, and they all appear in the first book. And you also, in the first book, you get a, uh, sort of points of view from other characters yeah. as well. So I think, actually, maybe there aren't more viewpoint characters than there were previously. But what is different is I think we spend more time away from the core four than we do in the previous books. Oh, that seems a shame, because obviously the point of... So the first book especially is named for them, isn't it? Yes. So they're the ones you have got to know and care more about. So expanding it, I don't go see why, because, you know, then you've got more viewpoints to play with. Fine, yeah. but, you know, if they're not the main characters, then... And, and, you know, and, you know, I haven't done any big science on this. It might be... The only thing I do know is that Joyce... So... Joyce's sections are always letters written by her. Yes. And those are the bits I quite enjoy. Yes. And when I looked at the first book, in the first hundred pages or so, there were four sections from Joyce. Yeah. In this book, from the first hundred and fifty pages or so, there were only two sections from Joyce. Oh, okay. So... And so maybe it's, maybe it's that it, it's not moving away from the core four, maybe it's just the, the sort of uh, set up, the, the distribution yeah. in the four is, is different. And I... I I kind of miss Joyce a bit. Okay. So, uh, yeah, because that's difficult. If you're having more characters, then each of them gets less page time, really, yeah. unless you're going to make it a thousand pages long, you know, to give everyone the same amount. And what fool would do that? What fool would write a thousand page book? I don't know. No no further comment. Uh, so, I, I I still enjoyed it. It was good. a good mystery. It was an adventure as well in parts. Yep. I didn't work out before Elizabeth that's this okay. time what was, oh, that's what, good. Was, what was going on. Do you think, as a series, has it peaked? Does it need to stop? Does it need to rest for a bit? Or do you want more? I think that right now, if a fourth book was available, I wouldn't read it yet. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I have heard, I might be making this up, I, I think he has said that he's going to do something else. Okay. Uh, that he's not, not that he's never going back to the Thursday Murder Club, yeah. but he's just going to write something else. And I think that's probably a good idea. Yes. Because whilst I said it's enjoyable and, you know, it's, you know, it is still more of the same. Yeah. It's, there's nothing revolutionary within the sort of formula of yeah. it and the format of it. And I think, I mean, he's still going to sell millions. Of course he is. He's but got the reputation now. He's there going is a, to sell a lot. But there is a law of diminishing returns, and you have to wonder yeah. how many people will keep coming back. And well, I think there are some, and I think I might be one of them, where next year, if Thursday Murder Club 4 came out, yeah. I would be like, really? Well, it's also oversaturation, isn't it? Because you know, one a year is like, bang, 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 so you get used to having them there. But also, a lot of authors have... You know, to put it, probably I could put it better than this, but I'm not going to. Ride over the coattails. Yeah. Now there is a lot of cosy crime, old people's over yeah. murders. So there is a saturation in the market of this. You know, if you 
like these, fine, I'm not, you know, because I like them too, I'm nothing against them, but I think there are a lot of options now. Yeah. And people are kind of going, oh, I've read a lot of that this year, so I won't bother with that one. Yeah. I think, and I think maybe. I think, like I say, next year I'd be like, oh, okay, another Thursday Murder Club. Whereas in two years' time, three years' time, yeah. I'd be like, oh, the new Thursday Murder yeah, Club. Yeah. So I think having a little pause away from it would be good. I also think, and the same thing, next year I'd be like, oh, it's another Richard Osman. Yeah. Or I could be having the attitude of, oh, I wonder what Richard Osman's done this time. Yes, definitely. So yeah, yeah. I think now is the right time to rest it. Yeah. Let's do something different, Mr. Osman. Let's see what you've got and uh, go from there. Yeah, three's a good number. Let's leave it there for a minute. Yeah, uh, although um, this one is green. So we've had red and blue and green. That also feels fitting to have the three. Well, it's not the three. We, have, we, we needed yellow. Yeah, but the books are sort of white. It's not going to work. I don't care. Okay. I wanted red. I wanted red, blue, and yellow. Okay. And then he can do another trilogy that are green, purple, and orange. Okay. Yes, that's fair enough. I see. Uh, and then I don't know what he'll do. No, fair enough. But it is available to order, pre-order. Pre-order. Indeed. It's, it's out on the fifteenth of September, so it's not far away. No, not as, as this is published. Yes. Three or four days away. Yes. Um, so, Thursday the 15th of September, pop into the shop, pick up a copy, pre-order it online at birtsbooks.co.uk. Lovely. So, what is the one book that you have read this Oh, week? I'm so sorry. Slacker. Just the one, but it's a good one. Go on then. It was The Immortalists by Chloe Benjamin. Tell me about it. I'll read you the blurb. It's 1969, and holed up in a grimy tenement building in New York's Lower East Side is a travelling psychic who claims to be able to tell anyone the date they will die. The four gold children, too young for what they're about to hear, sneak out to learn their fortunes. Such prophecies could be dismissed as trickery and nonsense, yet the gold buried theirs deep. Over the years that follow, they might attempt to ignore, embrace, cheat or defy the knowledge given to them that day, but it will shape the course of their lives forever. I've read this. You have. Did you like it? I can't really remember. Oh, okay, I read that's it a good. long time ago. At least three or four years ago. Okay. Yeah, it's um, from 2018, I think. It's yeah. It's been around for a bit. Um, I really liked it. It's really, really um, evocative. Um, so, it, it's a, yeah, basically the children uh, are called... Hold on, I'll give you their name because I've forgotten them already. Uh, Vaya, Daniel, Clara and Simon. Right. So, as children, they discover the psychic can tell apparently tell them when they're going to die. And they go there and one by one they go into the room and are told the date of their death. Um... Then it skips on a few years later and their father dies quite suddenly and they have a small conversation in which they, they for the first time, discuss what happened that day. And a couple of them share their dates and the others don't. And then the, the rest of the book is split into four sections, each one focusing on a different sibling and telling the rest of their life, basically. Um, because I don't think it's a spoiler to say they are all going to die as the book. Everybody dies. On. Everyone dies. So, um, yeah, so it's a really then fascinating way of what they do with the knowledge they've got how it, and how they then live their lives. Um, because some people take it more seriously than others. Am I right in thinking that one of them completely forgets until like the last minute and goes, oh, God, that's the day? Not completely, but right. they sort of, a couple of them bury it down a bit deeper. Right. Um, so, it, but it is interesting to sort of see how they handle it so a couple of them find like right okay well then I need to live my life to the fullest and you know um, you know because some of them have got much longer than others um, but it was um, 
yeah, really interesting look at what happens when you've got knowledge like that, because that's a powerful thing to know. Yes. Um, now, I remember reading it. What, one of the things I do remember about it was thinking, like, I wish they'd done a bit more with the concept. Just knowing... I th- and I might be wrong here, but I felt like it, they didn't go into the feeling of it enough of... Because they couldn't, obviously, they couldn't be sure that no. that, that is the day I'm going to die. No, but of I would have not. like I would have liked to know the day before the day you're going to die. What is going on? Like yeah. really investigate that. Whereas actually, what you've said is true. They, they it's more a story about their life than about their death. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But I think that it definitely is as they approach it. You can see them all becoming increasingly like, right. Well, it's going to be this day. What? What? How am I going to go? And some of them it's more obvious than others. Because the book, is start, like I said, it starts in 1969. It ends about 2010, I think. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff changes in society in that time as well. So there's a lot of different aspects of history that are covered as well. And sort of you see America and the world change alongside them. Um, and how that impacts what they do. Um, which is really fascinating as well. The thing I really, really liked about it is that it is a story about siblings. And I think in literature and in storytelling generally, if a relationship is going to be discussed, it tends to be a romantic relationship. Um, I think um, platonic relationships also don't, also don't get enough um, discussion. But a sibling relationship feels really rare. I think if there's going to be a family issue in a book, it tends to be cross-generational. It'll be between a grandparent and grandchild, or it'll be a, a, someone with abusive parents or whatever. To have siblings who are at various levels of closeness as well. Um, it's quite interesting. But, um, yeah, it's a really interesting to look at that relationship because I think that's an underexplored relationship in fiction. Does it explore the story uh, one viewpoint at a time? Yes. Does it, does it, it doesn't jump from... No, so you get, you get one of them complete life and then you get the next one complete life, the next one complete life is the way it's done. Does but, that, did that work for you? Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, because it sort of it goes chronologically still as well. It's not it's not jumping about particularly. There are a few bits that are like going back to this point. It's a little bit, not massively, because um, so, obviously as they approach the end, they start remembering more about their earlier life yeah. and stuff. So there are bits of that. Because I seem to remember, and I might be wrong, that Simon yes leaves the family home fairly at a young age. Yes, yeah, Simon. So. The dad, Saul, dies when Simon is about 16, and Simon and Clara, actually, both go, yeah. well, we're leaving. But at that point, you then get the other three. Simon's the last one? Simon's the, no, Simon's the youngest one. No, but the last one that you see, the story of. No. Oh, maybe it's the other you way see around. Simon first. So there's one where I felt like, maybe it was Simon, it just felt like we didn't see them for a very long time. That's Vaya is the old, eldest daughter, right? And she narrates the prologue basically, and then you pick her up as the last one. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot in the middle where you get snapshots of what she's doing with her life, but you don't see much about it. I think that was the issue I had. Yeah. With it, whereas I felt like the 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 newment of yes. the story was about this character I didn't know. I I agree. The last section was the one I was less involved in than the other three, but um, it was still nonetheless really interesting. And the other thing I found quite interesting is that. Um, when each character dies, they leave behind um, a partner or some other family, and then the next chapter will show how that family tie into the original Gold family as well, and they don't leave 
for the, you know, there's no cut-off. They still try and have a relationship with the romantic partners of their siblings, which is really interesting as well. So do you recommend it? I strongly do recommend it, yeah. It's a really interesting um, book and concept, and I think it's very well executed too. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I remember reading it and, you know, in liking the writing, liking yeah. the stories and stuff. I just was like, this isn't quite what I... I think it was I went into it knowing, oh, people, poor kids know when they're going to die. Yeah, yeah. And I went into it knowing that, and I was like, it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. No, I know you mean it wasn't what I thought it was going to be either, but um, it's really, is it also a good slice of looking at the last 40 years of history as well? Yeah. Through one family. 50 years, even. 50 years, yeah. It's American though, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. yeah. Um, so, it is available at birthbooks.co.uk. It is indeed. Brilliant. My turn. Go on then. So this one is one that my book club, well I say my book club, the Burt's Books Book Club, Yes. Uh, we, we read. It was The Island of Missing Trees by Edith Shafak. And the reason we read this, uh, so this is our second book club book, the reason we read this was because uh, I picked it as a book that has been kicking around for a while, lots of people reading it, lots of people liking it, and yeah. I thought, well actually let's, Let's see what the fuss is yeah, about. Yeah. So it, I, I picked it for that reason. Uh, we had our book club meeting on Monday just gone. Did you enjoy? Uh, the book, book, book club meeting, I guess, yes. yes. Good. Uh, it was nice. We have about uh, 15 to 20 people who turn up. Lovely. Mostly women. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to have a nice little chat about, about the book. We didn't... It didn't go on as long as this month as it did last month. So okay. we talked, we spoke about The Jigsaw Man by Nadine Matheson last month, and we spent about an hour or so talking about it. I would say we spent about 45 minutes on this one. We seem to reach a consensus yeah. uh, fairly early on. But before I tell you what that consensus was, yes. let me read to you the blurb. Please do. In 1974, two teenagers from opposite sides of a divided Cyprus meet at a tavern in the city they both call home. The tavern is the only place that Costas, who is Greek, and Daphne, who is Turkish, can meet in secret, hidden beneath the leaves of a fig tree growing through the roof of the tavern. This tree will witness their hushed, happy meetings, and will be there when the war breaks out and the teenagers vanish. Decades later, in North London, 16-year-old Ada has never visited the island where her parents were born. She seeks to untangle years of her family's silence, but the only connection she has to the land of her ancestors is a fig tree growing in the back garden of their home. Interesting. So, uh, it actually, uh, the blurb kind of suggests that it's, it's structured in one way, yeah. and it's not. It's, it actually starts in North London with 16-year-old Ada. Okay. And it, she, her mother has died not that long ago. She's struggling a bit with it all. She's right. in school, and she stands up. In the middle of this, or she's called to answer a question yeah. by the teacher. She stands up and doesn't really know the answer. She doesn't. She knows the answer, but she just can't get the words out. And the teacher is like, "Okay, eventually, says, okay, sit down, Ada." Uh, and she doesn't. She just, she's just completely paralysed in yeah. this moment, and she just screams. Okay. And kids, being kids, they film it. She goes viral, and it becomes this big thing. And then that's kind of ignored, which is okay. very odd, right? Because then it kind of it's then the Christmas holidays, and one of the parts of homework is to uh, find out about the family, like speak to interview an uh, like a, an older member of your family, yeah, yeah, find out about your family's history from them, and so 
she, that's, she's kind of sort of concentrating and thinking about that. There's the fig tree. There mm. are chapters told from the point of view of the fig tree. That's unusual. Yes. So the fig tree is being buried in the garden yeah. by Costas. Okay. Because in this climate, it won't, won't survive over right. winter, okay. so it gets buried. And that's really interesting okay. um, about that. But the, the, the tree has this sort of... Um, it's developed an attachment towards Costas. Okay, interesting. There is a, there is a level of affection there, which is unusual, um, <laughs> to say the least. But we also learn about what happened in Cyprus, some of it from the point of view of the fig tree. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to really reveal too much, oh, apart from the fact that um, Ada's aunt Miriam uh, turns up and she, she basically is the, the, the catalyst for, her fi- for Ada finding out right, okay. about what happened between Costa and Daphne. And... The consensus was that the three chapters were odd. Okay. Um, un- unexpected. Right. But okay. Mm-hmm. That the tree, if you're going to define it as a character, yeah. was not a very nice character. Didn't really... Interesting, okay. Felt a bit aggressive, a bit arrogant. It's an interesting position for a tree to take. Yes. <laughs> um, and not that I've really given much thought to what personality trees would have, but... Yeah. No. Um, and it's... I mean, it's a story, in one sense, it's this love story between Costas and Daphne, and that the, one of them's Greek, one of them's Turkish, yeah. there's the divide uh, across the island, there's the, there's the civil war, and I, I learned a lot about Cyprus I didn't know. Okay. I kind of knew yeah, yeah. that there was this line down the island. Yeah, I don't know much more about it than but that But I've never really gone into it, so you learn no. more about that. Um, there's some really tragic stories of... Um, Basically, Costas is sent away for his own good by his parents. Uh-huh. So he leaves the island and then goes back many, many years later. Okay. Uh, and it's just... It feels like... I mean, in a way, a lot of it is about um, generational trauma. How how trauma can go down through the family. How it gets yeah. passed on. So the stuff that happens to Daphne gets... Has how it how it how it impacts Ada's life and how that's made her, and then you also get that mirrored in this in this fig yeah, tree yeah, yeah. because the tree is not the same tree but it's a cutting from the same tree. Okay, right. Tree. Yeah, yeah. So that Costas ends up taking back with him, and uh, yeah, it's there's a lot going on. This was the consensus of this of the of the book club. Okay. There's a lot happening in this book. Yeah, and actually. We get why it was told in this way, basically from Adder's point of view. Okay. But the story, the, the really sort of the heart of it wasn't Adder. It was the, the story between Costas and Daphne. Yeah. And actually almost we'd have rather just stayed with them the whole way through. Yeah. Set the book in 1970, Turkey, uh, Cyprus. Okay. And just tell us that story. Interesting. Didn't I, for me, that that's the bit of the story I will remember. Yeah. I didn't need the framing of North London. Um, and why do you think that's been done, though? I think it's to show that trauma. Okay. I think that's what I think that's what the author wanted to do. Right. Was to talk about how th- th- these things can just reverberate down the generations. Yes. Yeah. And uh, like, but I mean, you could see almost like along the way some of the um, the. the I don't know what's the right phrase. 
phrase. Uh, like like the seams in the in the scenery. You can okay, see, you yeah. See how it was constructed. Yes, I know what you um, mean. And what I mean, you can by see it on a stage, and the dragon does. No, I don't mean that. I mean, I mean there were parts of it that pulled you out of the story because you oh, could okay. see that it was construct construct right. rather than so like the the aunt Miriam. Yeah. She had Adam's never met her in okay. sixteen years. And she turns up at this moment. Yeah, she doesn't no. turn up to the funeral of Ada's mum, but she turns up at this moment because her husband has... She's left him. And okay. he was the one who kind of was like, oh, you can't do this, you can't do this. you know. And she, he felt like he was staying... Like, she was being kept behind because so, of that. But actually, they don't really go into that. It was just... This so woman a has a, a contrived coincidence. Yeah, so this yeah. woman has stayed away for sixteen years. Yeah. And suddenly and the orphan needed a reason why she'd stayed away, yeah. but also needed a reason as to why at this moment she came. Right. And okay. so they, they, they invented this sort of husband that she'd left and we never really met him, we didn't really find out anything about him. Yeah. And it just felt like, Well, I need a reason. Yeah. Here's the reason. Yeah. Here yeah. you go, here's the reason. Fair enough. And so it just it felt a bit like, Yeah, okay, I can see where you've I can see the, I can see the lines, yeah. w- w- which you've tried to colour over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can see them, uh, and also this this whole, um, this whole scream of this viral thing. Yeah. Again, she goes back to school after the break, and she's kind of, again, I get it. She's kind of resolved in herself. Yeah. What? Why her mother was like what she was, but also, the kids in the school have kind of forgotten about it. Yeah, that doesn't and, happen. Yeah, and it just. I, I thought it was going one way with that, and then it just just went completely elsewhere. It's quite a spin book. Yeah. Um, it's three hundred and thirty three pages ish. Yeah. And it's just it felt like it probably could have been a lot longer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe an editor came in and said, "No, you want this to be commercial. You need to take out. You need to lose two hundred pages." Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I and I think. It's still a very beautifully written book. Yeah. Do you recommend it? I do so, recommend it. Yeah. I entirely recommend it. But our consensus was we all enjoyed it. Yes. One person didn't enjoy okay. it. Okay. Uh, but we all enjoyed it. And as we, but as we spoke and as we talked about it, we realised how much of a missed opportunity there was for right. more. Okay. Uh, there's a couple of, um, like, the tavern that they meet in... Uh, are um, two men own it and one of them is Turkish one of them is Greek and we don't really go into that yeah there are parts where the tree tells you yeah. what happened to to those characters um, and it's a it's a weird one like oh a bumblebee came into the um, came into the tavern and landed on me and and he told me what had happened that he discovered this yeah and, yeah. and I was sort of like, I mean, it felt very much a, ooh, I need to tell you. Yeah. The author, again, I need to tell you what happened to these characters. I'll get the bumblebee to tell the tree. It yeah. just felt a bit contrived yes, in places. Yes, fair enough. Um, but it was still very beautifully written. It was very engaging, and it gave us all a lot to think about. Good. But we rated it probably about three and a half out of five. So still good. Still good enough. But a lot of missed opportunity, I yeah. think. Oh, fair enough. Is it available at Burt's Books at UK? It is! Oh, that's unusual. I know, right? Done. Right, that is it, which is probably just as well, because I'm quite hungry. Me too. I've got some chicken nuggets waiting at home. Lovely. Uh, so I'm going to have them. And yes. I have got, um, because I'm a giant child, 
some potato smiley faces. Ah, oh, excellent shout. Very well done. I'm jealous now. Well, only because they didn't have um, alphabet letters. They're even better. I know. Love them. Uh, so, um, all of these books that we've spoken about, talk, spoken about? Yes. Spoken about or talked about uh, are available at birthsbooks.co.uk. Lovely. Uh, if you have, lovely reader, listener, uh, um, <laughs> if, you, if, if you are listening or reading this uh, and uh, have read any of these and want to talk about them, please do email bert at birthsbooks.co.uk and tell us what you think. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, probably somewhere else, all as at Burt's Books. And uh, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe yes, absolutely. to the podcast. That way you will never miss an update about what potato-shaped objects I am eating. <laughs> and who would want to. And who would want to, quite. Also, you'll never miss an episode. No, on that. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, I think that's probably where we could leave it. Is there anything you would like to add to the proceedings? Um... No. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for your input. That's quite all right. Say goodnight, Michael. Good night, Michael. <laughs>